Hello mga kabibs, this is Gary. Hello mga kabibs, this is Apple. Hi mga kabibs, this is Lucas. Hello mga kabibs, this is Tess. Hello mga kabibs, this is Francis. Hello mga kabibs, this is Luke. And welcome to That's better. Yes, this is much better than earlier. Francis, do your magic. It's a full house tonight. Yes! <laughs> Love it! You feel on the house. <laughs> yep. Welcome back, Mommy Tess. Hello. And we hi, have hi, a hi. guest today. Yes, we are so honored to have an honored guest. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have all worked with this guy. Um, he is currently based in Cebu, but there was this one point in his career where in uh, our company flew him all the way to Alabang to train us to be part of the team and we have all grown to love this guy. He is British and he has worked in different countries and is very culturally diverse. That's why we chose him to be part of you know the team for tonight because he is our go-to person for anything training, anything culture, anything communication, yes. anything business. And we'd like to introduce you guys to Mr. Luke McLean. Hi, Luke! Hi! Hi, Hi everyone! Luke. How are you? Welcome! So yeah, thank you. He sounds very British, guys. <laughs> and it's so nice to see you again. Yes. Yeah. Hello! Yeah. The honorable no, it's, Yeah, it's, honorable it's like, a, like a bit of a reunion right now. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Exactly. So I, when, when did we first meet Luke was it 2017 or 2016 I forgot I remember I have a picture of Luke um, Francis I'll send you a picture of me and Luke when he was in Alabang a look back for mm-hmm. Luke yes, look, yeah, yeah, look yeah, back. yeah I think that's 2017 I'm not sure yeah um, I think it was 2017 that time you were you were tasked to work on a project in Alabang for one of our programs there right yeah yeah, yeah. It was a month month in total. I think it started off as a week, and then every week it got extended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it ended up being a month. So, yeah. yeah. I think there's a there's a picture of me in the reception of the office. Uh, it was Valentine's Day, so I was hugging myself because I was on my own. <laughs> That's the picture that will insert that will insert somewhere here. <laughs> yeah. Happy Valentine's Hello. Day to me. <laughs> No, but I remember, I remember during that time, the Valentine's Day, a lot of girls want to take a picture with Luke. But they're a bit shy. Celebrity yeah, much. Celebrity much. I think all the blush. girls were very thirsty. It's the first I've ever seen in a fam, you know, in, in, in Alabang. After so many years of being a, a British one. And a British why. one. A cute yeah. one. <laughs> That's why it's like a yeah. It's like you're a unicorn. Oh, oh wow! Like, you know, yeah. Because we're we're used to Americans all the time, so yeah. 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 Who's that British guy? Well, he sounds typical. Typical. <laughs> Well, yeah, but yeah, no, but it, here it always starts with, "Oh, are you American?" Mm. And I'll say no, and then they'll say, "Okay, so you're Australian then?" And I'll say no. <laughs> 
So where, where are you from? I'm from the UK. Oh, the Queen. Yes, yes, the Queen. That's generally the response I get most places. They're, they'll sort of go down the roster of their English-speaking countries. Uh, sadly, the UK seems to be towards the bottom of that list. Yeah, but that, that, that's a shared experience, I'm sure, with most Brits who live over here. Okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So look, um, I think the, our audience would like to know what your, back, what your background is, like where are you from, the kind of work that you do. Like I just said earlier that we've all worked for you, but what specifically were you working on? What was uh, what 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 your degree is and uh, things like that? Like give us a little fast facts about you, so at least our audience can really wrap their heads around. You know, Luke McQueen, stellar trainer slash business, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, well, I, I can give my life story. That's not a problem. So, I guess uh, yeah, I, 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 I can uh, tell you about my background and things like that. So. Yeah, so I was uh, I was born in a place. It's sort of on the east side of the UK, uh, of England specifically. It's a place called Leicester. I only spent sort of one my first year of life living there, and then my parents moved to a place called Hereford. So Hereford is like a very kind of provincial kind of town. It, it's not it's it's classed as a city, but it's one of the smallest cities in the UK. And then. Uh, you know, I, I went to school, I did the usual things, high school, or we call it secondary school. Uh, then I went to college, which is kind of, uh, we call it sixth form college, which I think is kind of the equivalent of your like K-12, kind of that kind of 16 to 18 uh, period. Uh, but like I was quite fortunate because I went to a separate college that was outside of my school. So it, it, you already had to, you know... Um, drive yourself to go in there was no attendance thing so you learn to be punctual and, and turn up on time and, and all those things because you have to self-manage so then when you get to university you're kind of more prepared because i guess uh university university in the uk is is very very different uh to the the way it's kind of run in in the philippines so you know a lot of uh, kids will look forward to university because it's a chance to get away from their parents <laughs> So, and generally you'll, you'll move out and in the first year you'll be living in like a dorm where you share with, with people. I mean, you kind of see it on like some American comedies and stuff where they do those college things. Yeah, um, and it's it's kind of similar to that. But it's, it's, it's the kind of first time in your adult life where you really feel that you're independent and you move away from your family. So, some people it doesn't work out for, you know, 18, they're too young, they don't have that maturity. So, that they go there and, you know they find it very very difficult especially with the kind of self-motivation and, and and things like that so and that that's what happened to me so i went to my first university i studied marine biology uh it was in uh is in a u university in the kind of southwest of the uk it's in an area called plymouth hence the muff not mouth most people will say mouth but it's plymouth so we uh, uh, pronounce it uh, and I, I just couldn't manage myself so I didn't really do very well so I left I went home uh, I just got a job uh, while I kind of figured out what I wanted to do and then after a few years I decided to go back so I went to Manchester University the opposite which is in the northwest uh, man uh, part of the country and you know I, I felt that I'd matured a bit more then so I was able to manage my time manage myself and really, you know, and I, I succeeded. I got a 2-1 in musical business. Uh, I was always into like media, um, sound, film, a lot of things. So I was fortunate enough to do that. Uh, and 
and then uh like most people experience i can imagine it's an experience with people here especially who work in our industry that you know potentially what you study for and you know you have those aspirations to do that job when you get into the real world you you find that you know there aren't so many jobs in musical business that you can jump on you know and you know i know people who you know have been you know who i work with currently who are nurses and and teachers and i asked them why i said well because you know with this industry i got more opportunity and you know things so i had to go back home and, and work out so i ended up literally working as a waiter at uh, pizza hut which i did for like two or three years it was a it was it was very flexible uh and then i sort of got involved with the training of people so that was kind of my first experience uh with kind of the training side of things i guess so i would train them on new products customer experience you know and that hasn't really prepared me that well for where i'm at now because as we know like uh in in the food industry or you know fmb the the, the way that you deal with customers is, is a lot can be challenge more challenging at times because you have the body language you have that face-to-face -face kind of contact so i did that got really really fat because all i did was eat pizza all day but you know i can't complain uh and then uh, and then i decided to go and do a master's so i went to do a master's uh in uh events management uh i didn't complete it uh I, because i at that time i was uh so interested in my music that i didn't really give the course the time and and kind of the effort that it needed uh so then and i was very fortunate because after a couple of uh months of uh, moving to london I, I signed a publishing deal uh, for, for the songs that I'd written with uh, Universal Music. So, um, and they paid me very handsomely, which meant that I didn't need to work. Uh, yeah, well, well me. If only I was still there. Um, and, you know, as, as we know, it's the music industry is one of the most competitive things, you know, uh, in the world. You know, as much, you know, every I'm sure there's hundreds of people here in the Philippines who dream of, you know, being, being off uh, on Capamilia and singing and you know that experience yeah and, and it's similar in the UK to get your foot in the door and, and, and achieve something in that industry it's a one in a million chance you've got to be in the right place at the right time and we were but we just didn't take it far enough so I had to sort of exit that kind of side of my career and then I, I moved in um, back to food and beverage because it was where I felt kind of comfortable at the time it was my knowledge base was my un my understanding and i guess like actually that was kind of my first interaction with your culture so uh to give you context i was like general manager for a bar company with like five or six bars and then uh five or six restaurants and then uh, that was kind of my first interaction with york so one of my managers who managed one of the bars in in west london uh which is kind of the oxford street the big shopping district was a guy called day uh, I'm still friends with him now. So he was his family are from Cebu, but he he's like third or fourth generation. He's been living in, in the UK, so he actually sounds more British than I do when you speak to him. He's got a real like London accent, so he'd be like, "All right, mate, how's it going?" And you're like, <laughs> and like now knowing the culture here now and knowing his culture, like it would just look really weird. It just feel really weird when I when I, when I speak to him, but. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, and that was nice. And he, he taught me a, a lot of, about that culture. So I did that for like five or six years. Uh, it was very tiring. It was 50, 60 hour weeks. <gasps> uh, no weekends. You just work right through. Uh, and like London, I guess, is a bit more like Manila than, than Cebu. <laughs> yes, I'd say. Uh, it's a bit more like Manila where it's kind of high paced. You know, you talk about MRT. We have the underground system. 
very crowded. It is very yeah. fast. Yeah, and, and do you know what? That's my problem sometimes. Uh, I'm out here, like, I'll, I'll, I'll leave an air conditioned uh, part and walk into IT Park here in Cebu, and I still walk the same pace as I do in London, <laughs> like 90 miles an hour. And then, about five minutes into, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sweating so much. It's so hot. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, because you walk so fast, you need to just slow down and take your time. It's like, yeah, I know. So there, there's some of the things that I, I, from my culture of living in London, I bought here that really don't suit the temperature and the climate. Yeah, so essentially, yeah, I did that and, the, you know, I, I decided to move on. So there was an opportunity to go and work out in uh, in the UAE uh, for IHG hotels, which own like the Crown Plaza, the Intercontinental and Holiday Inn. So they're a fairly big company. So I, I kind of started off there sort of training, uh, training for food and beverage. So obviously, you know, as we're all aware, that, that was that's where I really started to understand Philippine culture because of all the OFWs, as we know, who go over there and, and work to, you know, earn money for their families, send it home because the salary is X, Y, Z higher. Yeah, so I, I started learning the culture because I was interacting with, you know, people from, from this country uh, on, a, on a daily basis. And, and, then, uh, and then I sort of got tired of the long hours in hotels, so I started going back to music again, very chopping, changing all the time, uh, and, and started sort of DJing at the Crown Plaza, which is uh, where I met my current partner, uh, and she's from Cebu, which is how I ended up here. So I sort of moved east and then progressively keep moving east. I think if I go any further, I'll be in Fiji and then the US. <laughs> yeah, I think so. that's, that's a route that we're taking right now. Yeah. Around the world. Yeah. New <laughs> Zealand, and then you'll be in Fiji, and then Hawaii, and then the US. And then back yeah, it's like, to London again. Yeah. Yeah, around, around the world in 80 jobs. But that's a very here. Like, I don't see myself doing that in it. Well, at least not right now, but that's a very colorful career. So you've got a lot of stuff. In your uh, in your passport, then amazing. So as you can see, Makabit. So we're, we're we have our guest here who has like what I told you earlier. He has been through numerous jobs. And it's interesting that Luke is also part of the music industry, which we don't get that a lot here. Like a lot of legal professionals would normally be coming from business, uh, yeah, business schools. But we have someone here who has been in the F and B industry, and then music. And then in the industry. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, you have your sort of dreams and your aspirations. And, you know, no one should sort of tell you to stop chasing them. But at some point, you have to tell yourself to stop chasing it. You know, you have to, I guess I call it adulting. You have to make a decision, you know, okay. whether it's a, a financially viable choice. Because, you know, as we all know, as you get older, as you get older, your responsibilities grow. And then, you know, you can't be financially irresponsible. Uh, Hey, yeah, I have to, to call it a day. But that's actually a good advice, actually, Luke. Uh, we have a lot of Parkabeats who are in their 20s or in their 30s and they don't know where they're going. So I think, and that that's true, that as you grow older, you've got a lot of responsibilities. Like for you, you've got, you've got Leila. We'll insert Leila somewhere here. Is that okay, Luke? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leila is our, is our uh, uh, Miss Universe 2030. Am I right, Luke? Wait. 2035? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leila. Leila is our, uh, she's so great. Yes. So she we're will gonna be train our, her. We will train her. As early as now for Q&A. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think we're on the full roster of, of coaches here for Layla. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I'll, I'll just for... uh, I'll give her the headset now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take it over. So I have a, que- might... I have a question for you, Luke. So it's interesting that look, um, you look had um, you know a lot of job experiences, but I'm really more interested about your music. Um, you know, experience or working in an entertainment um, business side. So, can you please share us who are the celebrities that you've worked with or you bump into? You know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's the thing with living in London as well. You know, that's where the majority of the TV, television, or the movies are being made there and screened there. So, you know, from time to time, you come across uh, people. <laughs> I'm going to name drop now, which is terrible. So yeah, I mean, uh, like when I was running the bars, we used to host parties where people like Kate Moss would come. Um, I we supported Ed Sheeran for a few gigs in the in his early part of his career, and like in his early days, oh, wow. he was absolutely wow. phenomenal. You, you you saw all the potential that he had. Like we, he he would go on and play, and then we were on afterwards, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go because he's so good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so got to meet those people and, and it's weird because you, you meet them and, and the the media perception and, and what they're actually like is very very different like for example with like uh, Kate Moss she was very humble very quiet you know you know and I, I guess when you're in in the spotlight so often then you probably treasure the the times where where you know you can just be yourself and 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 relax because I guess people like that are constantly on their guard because of paparazzi media or that kind of thing you know, it's they're not allowed to make mistakes, which is kind of I find that terrifying, a little okay. bit, to be honest, because that's, that's part of human nature is, is to to make mistakes, and that's how you learn. But you know, to make a mistake and then the next day it's in a newspaper or on TV about the mistake you made must be, I don't know. I think it's a challenge. There you go, uh, Lucas. I've done my name dropping for you. <laughs> oh my God, Kate Moss! Oh my God! Yeah, love to you. So pretty. Starstruck. And, and Ed Sheeran, he must be very, very, yeah. he must be fantastic. So I'm not crazy about Live. Ed Sheeran, but I'm not crazy about Kate Moss. Look, I remember Bebo. when you were telling me the story about Kate Moss, like how symmetrical uh, her face is. Because mm. you like, saw her like up close, right? Because you have to hand her a drink, am I right? Something is she like really that. flawless? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, annoyingly so. It kind of wow. makes you like feel a bit, feel a bit more conscious about yourself because you're there going, "Oh my god, look at this person!" And there's me with bags under my eyes, my hair's all over the place. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I had to, I had to make a, a, a bloody mary, which is like basically vodka, tomato juice, uh, Tabasco. And you kind of mix it up, and then you put like celery salt on it. So, so making that, you know, I was, I was quite nervous as well. Like, <laughs> it's like I don't want to ruin this person's drink. You're making right. a drink that's super model, but it's I know, I know, awesome. way over the top. <laughs> it's not yeah, like any thing... Kate Moss, right? Yeah, and you know the weird thing is, it's like in your head you're going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> that. But then, like on the outside, you have to be like, oh, it's nothing. I'm very yeah. cool. I'm very. Very chill, but in your brain you're going, yeah. (laughs) Although I I gotta keep it together, keep it together, mix the drinks. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a scary time. 
But uh, yeah, no. I mean, she didn't take the drink back, so I guess it was all right. And she drank it, yeah. so I guess it was all right. So I would say on the drink making front, it was a success. On on the cool being suave front, probably less of a, a success in general. So yeah, so that's kind of yeah, that was kind of my time in London. You know, and you was, had these great opportunities to meet people like that, and you know, and I and I and I and I guess. Uh, you know, it, it gives you the the biggest takeaway is you know everyone's human. At the end of the day, yeah, you can idolize these people and and look up to them or respect them or whatever. But you know, they're really just the same as you and me. They're just their life is just taking yeah. a different path, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they fart, grow up. <laughs> Everything, exactly. Everything. They are normal. Mm. Look, that skate moss, oh my god. If that were me, I would have, you know, I would have hugged her. Hugged her? Close? You would have done everything for her. <laughs> I would have done everything yeah. anything that asked me to do, oh my god. Really? Like, will you be straight? Magaya left the group. Next time on BPO Night Live. Tell us the first time that you've called, you know, a call center and then someone picked up the call and they're not from the UK. Can you remember? People's perception of that was like, your, your name isn't Michael Brown, is it? It's obviously not Michael Brown because you've got a very strong Southern Indian accent. What I know about Boxing Day is the boxing, like Manny Pacquiao. Follow us for more BPO Talks and Tips on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BPO Night Live. You can watch us on our official Facebook page or on our YouTube channel. BPO Night Live is also heard as a podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast listening apps.